0: Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. John 11:25. Last week we discovered in John chapter 10, Jesus claimed that he is the good shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. This is an astounding claim and it was not received well by the religious authorities with whom Jesus had already been in conflict. When Jesus makes the claim that I and the father are one, it is the last straw for the religious leaders. In their rage at Jesus and his audacity, they accuse him of blasphemy, which lets us know that they understood exactly what he was saying, and they attempt to execute him on sight. In reality, they attempt to lynch him. And when this fails and Jesus escapes, the religious authorities begin to seek a way to have him arrested, to use their political power and influence to silence the truth. So as we move into John 11, Jesus has just left Jerusalem with his disciples They've gone across the Jordan River to a neighboring region to the relative safety of the desert, where the leaders of Jerusalem have no authority to arrest him. What is going to transpire in chapter 11 is going to cause Jesus' followers to question everything he has said about being the good shepherd in chapter 10. Jesus has led his disciples into the desert. They've been driven out. They're hiding for their lives. The shepherd has taken them to a forsaken place, and their lives are in danger, how good is that shepherd? Although they are following the shepherd, they neither understand his voice nor see his goodness. Then things move from bad to worse as Jesus receives bad news from Bethany. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Jesus' response deliberately causes confusion for all involved. He confuses the disciples, who were probably expecting him to reply by saying, Sorry, in mortal danger myself right now. Can't come. But instead, Jesus chooses to go back to Jerusalem. And this gets the disciples questioning the goodness of the shepherd. Thomas, the patron saint of sarcasm, responds by saying, Let us go that we may die with him as well it's clear that he's questioning the goodness of the shepherd. Why would a good shepherd lead them into danger? And this is a question that we all have asked. Why? Why would you let this happen? Why would you bring me here? Jesus also leaves Martha and Mary in confusion by delaying the journey for two days. This choice would appear to communicate a lack of concern for Lazarus and for Martha and for Mary. As if Jesus didn't care. It would certainly have left the sisters in great anxiety and grief. Across the board, Jesus leaves his followers in confusion, anxiety, and fear. And the reasons that John gives makes almost no sense on the face of it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And Jesus told them plainly to his disciples, Lazarus has died and for your sake, I'm glad that you were not there. This explanation is not terribly hard for us who know the end of the story. But imagine what it was like for them. The disciples thought they were walking to their deaths. Martha and Mary were left wondering if Jesus really cared about them. When you don't know the outcome, God can seem far away from our pain at best and callous and indifferent to it at worst. In the summer of 2013, we found out that the daughter we had been hoping for and praying for would almost certainly have Down syndrome. Grief, anxiety, fear, doubt, confusion. We experienced all of this. What good could God possibly have for us in this? When your life jumps the rails, it leaves us questioning if Jesus is really the good shepherd. And this is exactly where Jesus has brought his followers. The disciples are afraid. Thomas' sarcasm lets us know when he says we might die with him He's still unsure about the shepherd. Martha and Mary are anxious and desperate and hoping for any word from Jesus that he's going to come and rescue their brother. And so, after two days, Jesus walks back into the hostility and threat of Jerusalem and walks into the grief and disappointment of Martha and Mary. And it's no surprise that when Jesus arrives, Martha runs out to meet him. Mary, who's always been the good host, stays behind. My guess is that she's not terribly excited to see Jesus, who has disappointed her terribly. It's also no surprise that Martha confronts Jesus. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. This is both an accusation and a statement of faith. Why did you let this happen? Can you still fix it? And Jesus replies with the goodness of Of the shepherd. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This claim almost seems redundant, but Jesus is saying something profound. Jesus responds with the truth that Martha needs that he can indeed raise Lazarus back to life. He can resurrect Lazarus and restore him to his mortal life. But he is also the life, real, abundant, eternal life. He can give life that we've never experienced yet. And after talking with Martha, Jesus called for Mary. And when Martha is hopeful, Mary is angry. She will not come until called for. And you could almost hear her internal monologue. Well, if he couldn't be bothered to come when we called for him, I'm not running out to meet him when he finally does show up. Mary's anger, while understandable, is also misplaced. Because we learn in verse 39 that when Jesus arrived, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Jesus' delay and walk to Bethany would have been only three days. Lazarus had died before Jesus even received the news. Regardless, Mary is angry. And you can hear her anger in her words to Jesus. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary says to Jesus exactly what Martha did, but her faith has been swallowed up by grief. She does not add Martha's statement of faith, but falls apart weeping. And notice what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't rebuke Mary for her anger or for her lack of faith. I think that this is what we expect from Jesus when our pain and our doubt overwhelm our faith. Mary brought her anger and her doubt honestly to Jesus. She doesn't pretend or hide, she's real. And Jesus responded. And as with Martha, Jesus responds with what Mary needed. He does not give her truth, she doesn't need that. Mary needs his presence. In response to the grief that surrounds him, Jesus responds by entering the pain and confusion himself. He doesn't leave Mary alone in her pain. He takes it on himself. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Here our translations utterly fail to convey the intensity of Jesus' response. We read that Jesus was deeply moved and troubled. The Greek text indicates that Jesus was angry to the point of rage. When we read that Jesus wept, the Greek text indicates that Jesus completely lost his composure in his grief. In modern terms, Jesus had an ugly cry. Jesus fully entered into the emotional pain of loss and death. He responded to the faith-killing despair of death with his own grief. Then he set himself to make it right. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus left no doubt that he was the good shepherd. He proved that even though we may not understand where he's leading us or why he's leading us there, even though we may sometimes lose faith in the goodness of the shepherd, he is the good shepherd. And with these words, he called to one of his sheep, and his voice was heard. Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus was restored to life. And Mary's faith was restored to her. And Martha's faith was proven true. The disciples' confusion was clarified. Just as Jesus said, the pain and confusion were temporary, but they led to something far greater. A greater understanding of Jesus' love and goodness than his followers had had before. I've seen this as a reality in my own life over and over again. Jesus has used the things that have caused pain and grief to produce joy. And this is certainly true of our daughter. The grief and confusion that we felt when we received the news of her condition was painful in ways I cannot put into words. But all of that has been swallowed up a thousand times over by the joy and delight of our daughter Grace and what she has brought into our lives. We're better because of her in more ways than I can count. We didn't understand, but we followed and Jesus produced joy out of despair. He resurrected our loss into greater life. In John 11, Jesus proved that he was indeed the good shepherd. He is the God who can bring everything that is dead back to life. In every aspect but one, he proved that. The one thing he didn't do was what he said, I lay down my life for the sheep. Lazarus was raised, but he was not fully given life because Lazarus died again. In order to give the life of the father, Jesus had to lay down his own life. And where he comforted those who were mourning, he received no comfort. And when he asked his question of why, when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The only answer he received was silence. Where he provided truth to Martha, he was condemned by lies. Where he provided presents to Mary, he suffered the infinite torment of disconnection from his father. He was forsaken so that we never would be. He died so that we could live, really live. He rose that we might have real, abundant, eternal life in him, He is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. He is the resurrection and the life.